Welcome to the best thing you watched this week. Uh, we are doing another spooky week with the best family top five, I guess, from our point of view. So it might not be your best family. Let us know once again in the comments below. What is your f top five horror family movies? Uh, as always, I say as always, second week running, we're going to put our the best thing we watched in the podcast section and give you the tantalizing top five horrors at the beginning. I'm Ruben with the Ruby Tuesday and the beautiful Chris with a, a very interesting hairstyle today. Uh <laughs> from Movies and Munchies. Hi, Chris. What's going hey. on with your hair? Well, you know, I, I've been getting recently, as I've been growing out my hair, a lot of comments that I look like a budget George Lucas, which <laughs> I, I take as flattering. I don't take that as anything other than fun. But I decided today, you know what, I'm going to switch it up a little bit and I'm going to infuse a little bit of David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> so I, whatever, you know what I mean? It's hair. And <laughs> I mean, it's definitely got that you put your finger in the socket look and it just went. It, it's fitting for Halloween, right? You know, the <laughs> spooky thing. <Ooh. laughs> I'm going for it's alive. Uh, I, I love the I love the monster makeup. And the, the uh, this is thanks there. to my partner. She's very good at doing this sort of thing. So otherwise, if I did it, I'd just splotch on some color and it just looks ill. So, yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, so I'm very excited to see what uh, your top five family horror film films are. I've tried to keep, I think we discussed, I tried to keep mine PG-13 and below, because I think that's probably accurate for the, the bars you can push as to what's family. But I do recognize that your family may be old. I have a 19-year-old son, I have a 16-year-old son, so they are pushing that, and I think yours are as well. But what are those movies that you just love to rewatch during uh, like horror times, like like Halloween or family horror that you stick on whenever, you know, you get those Christmas horror ones as well. Um, so why didn't you kick us off? Because I got some thoughts, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, this should be interesting. And I'm curious at what we're going to do, because, you know, we rank these. Uh, we put our, you know, our our lowest, maybe, you know, we had to narrow it down, obviously, our, our number five. But we might have some duplication and they may be in different orders. So we'll just kind of hold the ranking loosely a little bit here. So, you know, we'll just we'll continue. And let me I'm going to start with a few of my honorable mentions. Yeah, um, exactly. I have I have a handful of them, I think. And then we'll go from there. So, uh, Monster Squad, nice. which is a terrible movie, and yet it is so wonderful. Wolfman's got nards. I mean, that that, that <laughs> line has stuck with me. Uh, we have the the, the live action fa uh, Adams Family. Yeah, and uh, so I love that one. A Little Shop of Horrors. Nice with you know Rick Moranis yep. and Steve Martin. Oh. It and, may be a musical, uh, but it's terrifying in parts. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, it, it, yeah, just just a lot of fun, a little different. Um, and then The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Okay. And it was, you know, it, it was a lot of fun when I saw it. And, um, you know, the kids really enjoyed it, and so that's why it's on there. But number five is Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. <laughs> Amazing. Now, I would never this... have guessed you went for that one. <laughs> well, you know, this has this has some nostalgic um, at, feeling to it because we saw it we took the kids to see it in the theater mm. and it was just it was a really good time you know i mean ardman 
their their films are spectacular. I mean, just the the claymation, the way that they stop motion, all of that. It it's so beautiful to watch. And this one was just really entertaining, and it was a lot of fun. The kids had a blast with it because it's. It has, you know, Wallace and Gromit are on the cur- on the case of to find this this being, this were rabbit that's eating all, all of the carrots in the entire garden, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. But I love some of the things that I love about these is you get to see like the thumbprints mm. in the clay when when the characters are being repositioned, and I mean that just that level of detail, and it shows you that you know what this is truly handmade. Um, I saw an IMDB and they have, you know, sometimes they list trivia about this. Now, I don't know who submits the trivia. I don't know how accurate it actually is, but it said that at one point Ardman was doing, was producing three seconds of usable footage per day. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. I mean, that, that is a ton of work for such a you know and it is an 85 minute movie but um yeah i think i think this one you know i it's probably i probably rated pg or g really i mean general audiences just you know it's safe for everybody because it's not too scary there's a little bit of suspense in there uh definitely a lot of humor you have the slapstick just uh, even the dynamic between wallace and gromit um just uh, the looks that they give each other uh, it's classic and it's good like as as an adult i was still engaged in the story and i was still having a lot of fun and it made it even better to watch the kids sit there and laugh along with it you mm. know and to be what's going on where are we going and so have you you have seen it i take it uh, of course um Ardman is like quintessential british we're proud of Ardman. um yeah, so if you're introduced to Wallace and Gromit, it'll be like the wrong trousers Gromit. And then when this one originally came out, wasn't that well received? Hmm. But since then, it has gained a, um, I guess, a cult a cult following, much like the original two. People understand the amount of work that goes into creating something uh, that's quite spectacular, really. The movement, the facial expressions that you can create is this incredible and if you look at some of the behind the scenes that how they create it's basically creating a miniature world you see all the cameras and lighting sets up and then painstakingly just moving that little finger slightly and then bam and then just duplicating that now they have the technology that's that can help them do it much easier mm-hmm. it still takes ridiculous amounts of time um and i don't know if you know they've got one coming out on netflix uh in november called robin oh. robin Ardman. Oh. Uh, it's a half an hour stop motion, so I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, that's such a great choice because they're so good at what they do. Very much. Um, for my number five, have yes. you heard of a film called Nine? I have. No, my kids have seen it. I have not. Okay, you definitely need to put this on. So uh, a ragdoll that awakens in a post-apocalyptic future holds the key to humanity's salvation. It's got the voice stars as Elijah Wood, Jennifer Connelly, uh, Crispin Glover. And it has this really interesting kind of metal score that is like the, the meat and bones of the atmosphere. It's really dark for a kid's film. 
and it's the what they managed to create is something that I think is stop motion, but you're never quite sure whether it's animated or stop motion because it is ragdoll. It looks real. Uh, the things you are getting is like it's it's cyberpunk meets animation, uh, but rock. And uh, I mean, any kid that's doing a little bit of rebelliousness at like a young age from nine to 14, this is going to be your jam. And uh, yeah, I think my kids ate it up and we just loved watching it because it was one of those that was always pushing the boundaries. Uh, one of the best soundtracks to a film I've ever seen. That is the heartbeat of the film, apart from the voice work, Elijah Wood, Jennifer Connelly. And then you have that just very visual, lots of dark bright greens you know that mm. ethereal magic that you often get so cool such such a great um story is so that's it, my five well, that's is it is it um i mean dark yes is it scary or is it just yeah, kind for of sure. like no it's proper okay. scary um i would say it's almost it's like it's the top of what you can push for a horror for young kids because okay. although there's it's not gore per se like when you're seeing that the the there's these different dolls that are alive and they all have different numbers on them nine is our anti-hero hero and he's got to save the day but you get to see like dolls being ripped up or shredded or or, or allowing themselves to be used to save nine or you know mm. heroes it reminds me a little bit of the wizard of oz where they've got to find their courage almost because it's i don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it that they all represent something from the human body um, or the human human nature. Oh, okay. And so as yeah. they figure that out, they're able to use that, you know, much like um, the lion finds his courage, uh, but he's a mm. coward. It's, it's a similar sort of premise. Uh, so much fun. Nice. Well, that's yeah. going to be added to my list then. Yeah. So going down to number four. Number four. Okay, so mine is from, what is it, 1995, Casper, with Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci. <laughs> I can't, a little... you know, it's been so long, I, I, I don't think I can remember the film. <laughs> well, you have, you have this, um, this dad and his daughter um, kind of grieving. I mean, I don't remember exactly how much time has passed since the, the loss of his wife, but they move into this, uh, this mansion. And weird things begin to happen, you know, and you have uh, a couple of three ghosts that, that come in and they, they spook them out. And they're kind of you have a you have a villain and you have her henchman played by Eric Idle, which I thought was uh, just brilliant casting there because he's so funny and just dry um, and, and goofy. But Bill Pullman is yeah. goofy also. And that, I think, is what really sells it for me. It's you know, it's. I had, I I haven't seen it in a couple of years, so I'm not sure how how well it totally holds up. But my guess is that it's still, you know, the the story itself is the one of of a dad and daughter that relationship, learning to uh, learning to let go, learning to accept some grief, and then learning to grow together and to move on. And um, you know, you have uh, Christina Ricci who's in she's in school obviously i mean she's maybe junior high ish and so you have some of that that little bit of teen angst there where you know the crush on the boy or the crush on the girl and you know just the the back and forth that that comes from that and so it provides some good humor um i had 
I remember just having a lot of fun with it and actually having some good heart. And so at the end where there is some peril that comes on and some some real where our characters get involved in not scary things, just uh, like tense, meaningful, like there's a little bit of like, oh my gosh, what happens? Like, uh, you know, and you feel bad for another character because it's mm. kind of vague because you know anyway <laughs> if, if you haven't seen it i mean it, it's just a lot of fun but it is it's geared again towards families it's I, it it's not like the wallace and gromit it's not a g i mean it does you know it hedges more into some of that teenage humor um you know it's got i think some body humor in it and just you know toilet humor and so they, they play with that a lot. And it's just a lot of fun. But the, even the animation, you know, the special effects that they use to create the ghosts and how they, they move through things and just the situations that they get into. I mean, it lends itself to a lot of, a lot of laughs. Um, I don't think that there's ever anything that's really, like, scary from a horror standpoint or anything like that. You know, you feel, you feel a little scared for your characters, but not as in, boo. Yeah. So. Yeah. Were you... Uh, did you grow up reading any of the Casper comics? N- no, I think wasn't it like a cartoon at one point? Yeah, it yeah, was, it was as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think I I watched. I remember seeing some of those, watching some of those. Um, I there's probably at some point I read a comic hmm. uh, of it, but it was not something that I was that I was into or that I actively pursued. Okay. I definitely watched a lot of the cartoon and I had a f- mm. few of the comics. And I remember not being massively disappointed uh, when the film came out, which I think was a big plus because everybody expected it to be just a, a, a big stinker. Terrible. Uh, and then I think the audiences, you know, cr- critics and the audiences are always definitely like polar opposites. And more often than not, I'm with the audience because yeah. I'm a lover of film and i know how hard it is to make film so I'm, I'm i'm more along the side of but they've made a film when you made a film come speak to me uh, <laughs> sort of feeling yes. um so yeah i imagine that even though the graphics are dated now it's still mm-hmm. a lot of fun when is the last time you've seen it it's probably been a couple of years uh maybe maybe three or four mm-hmm. um i do remember there, there was in in recent memory um, I think it was on TV. It was on some, you know, some channel, or maybe it was even on a streaming platform. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I haven't seen this, and I, I just turned it on, and was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I remember a, a lot of this, and this is a lot of fun. And you just um, being caught up in the emotion, especially as the end comes on. You know, the um, I'm not sure how how awesome the musical score is, but I think it worked well mm. with the. Um, you know, with the story itself. And it is, there. there is a definite massive predictability to it also. But, you know, that's kind of comforting sometimes when you're watching, you know, a movie like this, that you don't, you don't need the big surprises or the big twists. You just need it to satisfy, to make you laugh, to make you, you know, maybe feel some empathy or, so, you know, some concern. Um, and then walk away with a smile on your face. And it, it did that every time you know and even i remember when we watched it with the kids when they were younger um that they had a good time watching it too and so that was always the you know a good barometer there did did the kids check out or were they having fun and (laughs) yeah they had fun so (laughs) (laughs) well uh as you know i had 26 um choices to try and whittle down and even now i'm looking at my list going this is 
it's so hard. But I can't not have this one in there. So I'm going to stick it at number four. It's a film that came out in 1988. Uh, so I was trying really hard not to come across as an as an old dude and stick a whole bunch of old films in there and people like uh these guys what do they know where's the new stuff <laughs> but there's just some films and sounding like an old person they just don't make them like that anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> um this is a tim burton film in south africa when it first came out it was a 16 when it came to the uk it was a 15 and since it's been put down to a 12 in america it's a pg-13 so i can stick it in here because it is a film that i've shown my kids which we love my family watch and i know lots of young kids get scared from this film even today and it's beetlejuice like <sighs> the tim burton beetlejuice i think obviously we have a great cast um yes you know gina davis is fantastic in this michael keaton as beetlejuice or beetlegeist however you want to pronounce it is fantastic uh winona ryder is fantastic alec baldwin is great the cast is excellent i do think the character that they created of beetlejuice is something that i think creeps people out but also are intrigued as to mm -hmm. what the hell are you uh, and there are moments in that that really push the boundaries for the um, age restriction it got. There's, the, you know, there's it, it's Tim Burton dark, and so he manages to create an atmosphere that just gets you in and then kind of creeps you out. Uh, he has that that weird, distorted, a lot of practical because it's so old. A lot of practical use, a lot of stop motion as well in the creations. The big like creepy things that are still weird the seance the possession you know these are these are uh, like whoa how how are you doing that on this age restriction okay fair enough you're gonna put on that go for it uh all in all just a really really great film uh what, what are your memories of this film i i love michael keaton in this now it is dark i mean the the, the story is dark but again that that's a tim burton thing you know i mm. mean you you go in expecting a level of of twistedness and i think though that he's able to keep it within there because he understands you know i can i can make this dark and twisted and i can take you and make you creeped out but i don't have to become vulgar overly vulgar or i don't have to become graphic or gory to do certain things you know what i mean you can have you can play with that and even with the just the theater of the mind you know we can imagine some of the other portions of this and so you're just going to give us some wild visuals um but michael keaton always he just i mean he, this once again yeah just illustrates his range and how awesome he can be and i love it when that man goes kind of off the rails mm. you know he just he works he, so well yeah he he fully embraces the goofiness <laughs> and just but but ooh, he's got that that devilish dark crazy yeah yeah it really is like and you're like should i be afraid of you i should probably be afraid of you but you <laughs> kind of look like you could be a friend and maybe yeah. you'll eat me, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, it's um that one again has been a one that I haven't seen for a while, but it is mm -hmm. it's you know the colors, the the zaniness of it, everything I think just really works, and that that's a great one. You're right for um probably not the youngest of audiences, but mm -hmm. you know as the as the kids and the families you know become just a little older, and I mean obviously you get to judge 
you know, the, the viewing age in your own household. But yeah, that can be one, which I think is really great is because as kids get older, it's something that you can enjoy together and yeah. they pull different meanings out of it. Yeah. You know, that they, you know, some of the things that, that may have gone over their head the first time they see it, when they get just a little bit older and they have a little bit more experience, a little bit more just, you know, worldly exposure, then it's like, oh, I get that. That makes I do funny. that with films. I, I go back to, I was like, I never saw that before. Yeah. Was that always in there? Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes it's a horrifying, like, oh my gosh, I showed my parents this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No wonder they were looking at me funny. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, that's a, that is a great choice there. Mm. Wonderful. Okay, so we're we're uh, heading to your third number three. Um, mm. This yes, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> now, yes, again, I think when I <laughs> we're staying with kind of the old there, and but come on, come on, oh how can you gosh. not? Halloween. Yeah, you got it. Halloween. If if this is not on some sort of list at some point, you know what I mean? Like, even on your radar, uh, there, there's something wrong. You know, it may I'm not make you, your top. Oh, go ahead. I'm glad. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm glad you put this one up. Because actually, before you tell me why you love it, do you know about Rotten Tomatoes and its score? No. What is the score on this one? Okay. I'm just pulling it up now. Because I think I tweeted about it this week because I was going through this list of what to put there so the audience have it at 71 go on audience yes correct the critics 38 <laughs> percent what See, yeah I, i'm sorry rotten tomatoes you're wrong on this one this is <laughs> the, yeah okay sure from a critical standpoint if we're looking at this is did this elevate the art of cinema maybe not but that's not did what it, film is always about it's no, always been did, about entertainment yeah. Did I have a great time watching this? Absolutely. I mean, let's just take Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Those three together, oh my gosh, that was comedy gold. The way that they bounce off of each other, the way that they, I mean, they go full on into their characters. Yeah. And they just embrace it. and they, and they, Which then translates to us. To just have a blast with them. I mean, the the fish out of water scenario. You know, them mm. now into the mo- modern. I mean, at that <laughs> Where time, they're walking modern. on the road. That always like, cracks me up. They're like, what is this? <laughs> just it's a lake. <laughs> the, the 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 what is it? The vacuum that they ride. I mean, you know, they, now they'd have to ride a vo- Roomba. You know, <laughs> um, but it just. I mean that that again. You know, you have. This one is probably even geared more towards, oh, it's a wider audience, I think, because mm-hmm. it's it's not, there are some scariness to it, you know, but even like the, um, the zombie dude is not really scary. He's not even really gross. I mean, you know, maybe yeah, at the can't time. Talk. Huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, but he, and he doesn't even have like pieces of him really falling off. I mean, it's no, just some good makeup. It's like makeup it's painted and, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's... This one, I think, this is one that that is on um, an almost yearly rotation of watching. You know, yeah, sometimes it does sure. get bumped out just for time, but but yeah. more often than not, this is one on the list that we watch each year because it's just fun. You know, and it has um, for for my age, it has some nostalgic value to it. 
Um, mm. I know last year, maybe the year before, we sat down with uh, my oldest son and um, his fiance, who's now his wife, and we all we all watched it together. You know, and that was something that she even had grown up watching year after year, and one of their favorites. And so it's just it's I think it's one that's it it is a modern ish classic from mm. a from a this is a tradition type of standpoint that you that you want to watch this every time because it doesn't get old and yeah. it still holds up and it still it it maintains the humor the um even the story lessons within it i mean it all you know again predictability yes absolutely that's okay we just <laughs> we have fun with it and did i sit down and did i laugh and did i just walk away from a movie with a smile on my face and that this one absolutely i am highly entertained um and i think there has been chatter about maybe a sequel. I was just going right? to ask. Yeah, there is a sequel coming. It's fully in the works. It's not just there is a sequel. I'm worried about it, though. Do we need a sequel to this? How do you recapture that same nostalgia that they managed to capture? Because that was like they've literally captured magic in a bottle there. They have. I, I mean, first off, you have to have the three witches. Yeah, if as far don't... as I'm aware, they're all signed on. Okay. Now, I, I would be curious at, with the story. I mean, my guess would be that they would take the kids from the first one, push it forward so that they're older now and that their kids are having to experience. That would be a good way to go. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I can say I uh, it makes me a little nervous. As well. Although you could do the fish out of water again. So it's another step up because it's been long enough. So now there's like everybody's on their phones. So maybe they'd use technology uh, as a... To its advantage. Yeah, there, absolutely. Yeah. That could actually cause a lot of fun. Yeah, you're right. That <laughs> it with, could be good if yeah. written well. It, yes, yes. So <laughs> I yeah, we'll yeah. see. I mean, at least though, even if this the, the new one that is forthcoming isn't good we have the original to fall back on to yeah, be true, like this much. is it's okay we'll go back to that exactly yes and i'm just going to watch that other thing out of my mind and i'm going to sit down with a with the classic hocus pocus and, and have a great time with it you know i can't hear the song i put a spell on you without seeing their faces in the hearing i put a spell on you i literally go to hocus pocus <laughs> See that that's the mark right there that it, it has an impact on you, mm. and um, yeah, <laughs> so good, great choice. Oh, okay. What's your your number three now? Yeah, so I'm just gonna do a couple of um, honorable mentions as I okay. haven't yet. Uh, growing up, I watched the Never Ending Story so many times. Mm. Uh, in fact, when my parents told me I couldn't watch it one night, I was crying and throwing a tantrum because. And, and I might have been eleven or twelve, but we're not gonna <laughs> we're, we're not gonna say that uh, because there were just, it just captured my imagination, but it had the horror, you know, Artex. How many times have you seen that horse die, and you're just like, I can't, I can't, not again. Or how many quotable lines to the winch, wench? I mean, it it's so good. And then obviously every single kid wanted Falcor. You know, they oh, wanted yeah. to ride the dragon. And then everybody's still to this day trying to figure out what the mother's name is. Say my name. Like, what is her name? Like, it's <laughs> All right. 
cool. And uh, also remember having a crush on the princess when I was, I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, she, she, she fine. Obviously now she's not that age anymore and, and we're all grown up. Um, but yeah, so that I'll come back to some of my other honorable mentions. But that's just one I wanted to kind of say, yeah, man, if I wasn't so close to this film, I'd probably put, put it in there, but I'm too close to it. <laughs> it's a good choice. It is, yeah, and it, it does have that creepiness to it. Oh, it does. That, uh, we haven't even talked about the wolf, uh, the the Morlock. Uh, yeah, so good. However, <laughs> um, had this been last week and I had not put in arachnophobia, I would have put in arachnophobia in this mm. position. I am going for another spider one, though, and this is called <gasps> Eight-Legged Freaks. And this film is ridiculous. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I have not. It's David Arquette, right? Yeah. I love okay. David no, Arquette. I haven't seen this one. I love this film so much. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Veminous spiders get exposed to a noxious chemical that causes them to grow to a monumental proportions. Uh, I mean, it's a ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But it is, it is creepy. It is scary. There are spiders that have various... Um, abilities uh they hunt humans they're the jumping ones the giant tarantula ones the you name it uh it's not quite as vicious as the spiders you get in the mist uh but they get close to it and uh so you take your fear and then you enlarge them (laughs) but then you add comedy there's literally moments where uh a, a motorbike guy will like ride over a spider or kick it in the head and you hear the spiders react but like in a as if it has a human voice, it'll be like, ah! which is, it's, it's you're going for the horror and suddenly you're like, what the hell? <laughs> what did I just, that's why I actually just respond to dying. Ah! You're like, okay, fine. Um, this was scary. Now I'm laughing my head off. So it jumps from, it's like a juxtaposition, seriously scary, going really for the creepiness, managing to get it. Uh, spiders are like pulling people out of cars, you know, just munching, spinning them up into webs. You're trying to, it's all going quiet because like the whole, the sets are turned to massive web bits and you can see like someone's don't touch that bit of web because you know, that's going to call the giant spiders. And then there'll be some comedy along the way, which is often David Arquette because he has that timing comedy, that Mm. delivery that is so good, uh, which is why I liked him as one of my favorite characters in Scream. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. That's why it's at number three. Uh, I love this film so much. <laughs> there is, what is wrong with you and your spider movie? Good I know. And spiders <laughs> creep me out so much. <laughs> probably oh, why. This, yeah, probably, yes. And this <laughs> this does sound like a really fun one. I'm going to have to add this to my list because, I mean, it. we go towards the things that terrify us, right? And right, so, yeah. you know, that this... Oh... <laughs> Just the the visual, I think that's what really creeps me out is just to have these, you know, and it's probably not the giant ones that it's going to creep me out. It's the ones that are probably like the size of a dog if they yeah, have any of those. Yeah, that, they're, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's less. See, that's just wrong. That's <laughs> the, mm, no, because I see that more as the reality. But um, is it is it gory or is it kind of um, like when the when the spiders will pull people out, does it show like blood and guts or it's, is it kind of cut it, away? It will show some, but enough to get away from all the age restriction it has. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. It's more spider gore, I think, that you get. So. Okay. So splats and everything yeah, like that. that when they, stuff. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the spider in Harry Potter? Not uh, Aragon. 
Aragog, but the the one that comes out of the closet because you have to think um, about your fears, and if your your fear is a spider, it changes <laughs> into that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah. they said like you turn it, and and it became a clown spider for a moment. I was like, that is the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Clowns it was worse and spiders. What are you doing? That. That's not funny. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That that there. Okay, if you are a filmmaker, <laughs> don't do that, that. Is that is gold right there? That is that Spider is the clown. most. Oh, oh gosh, I don't even know why. What what <laughs> justification you could make in a story to make those two work together? But do it. That would. Oh, God. A, a new franchise right there. Oh, that. Mm. <laughs> scariest movie ever right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> oh which which is a good tease for in um <clears throat> two weeks we're doing our top five clown horrors yes i'm really looking forward to that one i yeah <laughs> i am i am so excited to look at the to watch oh. <laughs> i've been looking at all these like haven't seen that i don't want to watch that haven't seen that i don't want to haven't seen i definitely don't want to watch that one <laughs> just yeah. that's the list yeah 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 so 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 tune in for that one um <laughs> the, i don't think there will be any spider themed clown horrors yet oh, coming soon to a video store new year near yeah. you a, okay anyway <laughs> what's a video <laughs> yeah exactly what <laughs> all right oh, so what's your number two <laughs> all right number two uh 1999 um, and oh, so we, we're re- pushing up the years. We're, we're yeah, we put yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> slowly. Um, this one I saw opening night in the theater, um, and it was funny because I don't think it had the the cult status until it was re released um, in theaters uh, a bunch of years later. But it is the Nightmare Before Christmas. Hey, this is this is gold. I mean, this is, you know, this is the movie that, you know, is it a Christmas movie? Yes. Is it a Halloween movie? Yes. Can I watch it any time during the year? Absolutely. But um, who directed it? Not Tim Burton. Not Tim Burton. Yeah. Yes. That it's um, Selnick. Is that it? Henry, something Henry like that. Yeah. It's something it's, like it's that. It's one yeah. that people get wrong all the time. Yes. Because I think it was Tim Burton Presents. Yes. Right. Is that it? Yes. And yeah. so... Or, we, but it's off of his story yes, that is, he yeah. had written. And so that's why, you know, you may see Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, even though yeah. he's not the actual one to direct this. But uh, Henry, Henry Selick. There we go. That's yeah. it. Um, just it. If you haven't seen this, I mean, come on. What's going on here? <laughs> it's the music, oh, but, though, I think is a massive part. It, Oh, it is. It is. We, me and my kids went to see it in the theater uh, like two years ago. Amazing. And, you know, we were all gearing up to be like, okay, we're just going to sing along to it. And I'm like, wait a minute. We can't do that because in a theater of people that <laughs> that have paid to watch this, you know, that that's rude to them. I would be pissed if I came, you know, to a movie and then I have all of these people behind me or something singing, you know, the, the, the songs to this movie. I, no, I, I paid to see them do it. We should have done it because there was only like three or four other people in the theater. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, the the animation, the story, the voice work, the um, the songs, yeah, the music, Danny Danny Elfman, Danny right? Elfman, yeah, yeah, just oh my goodness, it the 
that again, this is one of those that was like, you know, magic in a bottle that it, it captured so many great emotions and so many great feels and in a story that I think good grief, like the story is only what 70 minutes long, something like that. It's not a long movie. Um, and yet it takes us through a really great story arc with characters that we become super invested in. Um, you know, and you have the disenchantment, the one Jack Skellington, who is, he, he has reached the pinnacle of his status, his, um, his usability maybe in his own head. And so he wants something more. And so to have him then, you know, truck out, leave what is, what is his place, his town, his, everything that he has known to go in search of something else, a new challenge, a new, you know, adventure and to see how wrong that goes, um, you know, and uh, just, I mean, mm. yeah, it's, it's an incredible one. It should be on everybody's top five, really. It's uh, such a journey as well. Talk about an anti-hero because he's, he doesn't, he's almost the bad guy, right? At the beginning. He's yeah. What? Yeah. Well, and he's certainly kind of, the bad guy once he goes, once he takes over for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you think it's going to go one way and it, it doesn't, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, yeah. And I mean, the, the visuals, I think that they create with that. And, you know, you have, um, I mean, they have a lot of fun with the character design too, because in Halloween town, I mean, you can go kind of just nuts, you yeah. know, and you can do whatever because it's, it, it, okay, you know, we're going to put this head on this body. Nowhere else would this work, but here it totally makes sense, mm. you know, and I, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, and I, I'm not even sure I could choose like, you know, I try, I go back and forth sometimes like, oh, who's my favorite character in this? I mean, Jack Oogie is Boogie. always up there but yeah see i love oogie oogie's I, I great i really do you know <laughs> but then lock shock and barrel also just you know the the whole and that's it too i mean the mayor you know and i, I should have grabbed my coffee mug for him because i have a dual-sided <laughs> mayor coffee mug um Amazing. it's impossible to drink out of because it's shaped like you know like a pyramid like his house but or his head but my uh original set i don't know if you next time you look at it you're watching a review of mine the background is the nightmare before christmas Oh, you, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, um, the curved, um, the, the hill. Moon. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 Oh, just see, I mean, everything about that, it's, it's so beautiful to look at too. I think that's, that's it's so pretty. It. Yeah. In amongst the doom and gloom. It's just yeah. like, I love this every frame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sally to have, she is like one of the most colorful within her surroundings and you know just the, the patchwork that she has with her and just uh yeah yeah <laughs> that's fantastic so. right. right um oh where am i number two number two yeah okay so one more um well a couple of more honorable mentions i i found it really hard not to just go with all stop motion for my top five mm. like uh Coraline, frank and weenie the corpse bride like i just they're so good and they're so yes. dark. I was just like, I could just do top five stop motion. There you go, uh, and that would be more. I'd be more than happy to watch any one of them because they're that good. Uh, I'm gonna not watch Coraline again for a while. That one, yeah, it's dark, me. right? It, that one <laughs> freaks me out every single time. I'm like, oh, whenever I watch that, I'm like, how is this a kids movie? This is yeah, dark. That, yeah, very dark. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> okay, but for my number two, this is probably people are probably not going to like this one. Uh, but I'm Legend. Do you do you remember I'm Legend with Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to hear the justification for how this lands on your family friendly ish horror. It's a 12. What do you want from me? It's a what? 12. It's a 12. It's PG 13. Is it really? Yep. Oh my god. Even the bit with the dog where he's strangling the dog. It's a zombie movie that is so intense. But we in in the family we do we we have a bit of a soft spot for Will Smith. Like some of his films aren't great, but we still sure. enjoy them. Uh even his son's films that when he does a film called The Karate Kid and it's only The Judo Kid, we still enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> but this one we've watched a number of times. We've watched the alternate ending and wish the alternate ending was the correct ending. Yes, because I agree. There, yeah, there's a survivability there that I think <clears throat> is that there's a justification for everything that you go through. But you, a film and an actor has got to be good enough to hold your attention, uh, especially if it's it's them. So like Tom Hanks doing Castaway with Wilson, you know, creating character, Wilson! But he's pretty much just that in his film alone. And so apart mm. from the beginning of this, where we see the world turn, then it's Will Smith and his dog, a man and his dog, like I, in the post-apocalyptic future with people now as zombies. Like it doesn't get much darker and much more interesting than that. But some of the dialogue trees is just stuff that we just fell in love with, like the mannequins that he forms friendships with, mm. how he has to survive. The monologue scene with Shrek is something that actors should use as to how when they study acting. Uh, how you're able to because he portrays so much emotion in that but you realize it means so much or how mm. you cannot cry you're definitely not a human being when um, the dog dies but he's got to put his dog down because of that moment and then when the mannequin moves and he's like no no what are you doing no <laughs> it's it's fantastic I enjoy it so much and because it's a 12 I was like yeah, I might be able to get away with this. So there you have it. My number two. <laughs> it is it is a properly tense. Oh, it's seriously movie. tense. Yeah. It is, yeah. I mean the the Yes. Uh, well, and it's not It's not gory. It's, it's not, not gory. No, it's really it is that it's that anticipation and that that terror of the chase. Yeah. And the you know, the needing to be quiet. And yeah. the needing to, you know, you have to get from point A to point B and then you, oh, gosh, I'm trapped here or I have to be locked down, you know, just. You have a certain amount of hours during the day. Mm-hmm. You've got to be home, locked up, absolutely silent. You're you're covering the windows, not using any light because of what they're drawn to. Even if you hear somebody at the, like the chance you might yeah. hear somebody, you can't help them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in that, that last that last scene not scene but the the in the final act mm. with the glass wall yeah and the just uh, yeah. so captivating and fearful for yeah. for your characters i mean that is like that is truly like yeah you just it, oh good choice 
Good yeah. choice. I I can. <laughs> I, you can I would see not it. Show, I can totally see it. I would not show it to the younger. I mean, this is definitely you're pushing that, but but still a lot of fun. I, I'm thinking I, like that sort of films I used to watch as a young teenager that I used to sneak in to watch. This would yes. be like one of those I would talk to my, about my friends. They'd be like, "Have you seen this? It's so good." And yeah, I, I'll lend you the tape because we're talking videotape. Yeah, so. of course, <laughs> of course. No, and that it is. Um, yeah, it, it's really good, and and I think yeah because because there's a lack of a lot of gore. I mean, it's more of that that just uh, suspension of um, or not suspension. It's it's a creation of terror and anticipation you know from the from the isolatedness that yeah. he feels in that aloneness in a vast city i mean that that's also crazy where you can make somebody feel like just so alone yeah. you know and so much empty space but yeah. you're the only one yeah yeah claustrophobic yeah. in that openness yeah now did you ever read the short story i didn't no is okay. it good I, I don't know. I didn't read it either. I was just curious. I, I had it at one point, and I'm not sure I still have it. Right. Um, I meant to read it and then just never got to it. Well, so. if you're listening and you've read it, let us know in the in the comments. Yes. We'd love to hear whether it's worth getting. Yeah, well, and how they – I'm curious at how they match up and what mm. was – you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a short story, and so there's they expand it, but, yeah, it would be fun. Yeah. So we've reached that time of day. We've reached your number one. Yes. Yeah. Now, so we had been been progressively getting newer. I okay, think. Okay. Cool. So ish. So this is um, going to be 2015. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, I'm going older. This is probably this is the oldest movie on my list. No. Um, what have you done? <laughs> I know, right? No, no. This one, this this holds a very special place in my heart because I have watched it numerous times my if you children... say the exorcist i'm gonna crack up laughing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you justify that one it's got a yes, kid in it exactly <laughs> see it, there's family what are you talking it's it's all about family what are you sorry i read your, your train of thoughts <laughs> <laughs> no uh just hmm. okay 1974 it is black and white what? it is a take on a classic monster story. It is directed by Mel Brooks. Okay. <laughs> Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Um, Gene Wilder, Madeline Kahn, Terry Garr, Marty Feldman. I mean, just the this, this movie cracks me up and has so many quotable lines in it, you know, and mm. just... Um, I was reading some about it actually this week, and they talked about how actually it became very annoying because Gene Wilder, he would get through one take and then would just laugh and he <laughs> or, you know, or make some kind of joke or do something that was super funny and could never finish the scene again. And so they had to use whatever take that was and just go with it because it just, you know, they would do 15, 20 takes and could not finish them and so it's just i mean you know you have you have um gene wilder playing frankenstein the the youngest i mean he's the you know he inherits his castle he comes there 
Um, he's a doctor. He's a physician. He's a scientist. He's based in, I mean, he's very proper. And he, he also doesn't like the Frankenstein name because of all of the baggage that has come <laughs> with that. You know, yeah. of, his, of his grandfather and father just, you know, experimenting and trying all of these harebrained ideas you know I, it is frankenstein slams the scalpel <laughs> into his leg there and class dismissed just i mean you know and so you have but then once he gets to the castle for his inheritance you know and he meets um frau Brucher and just, just every i mean i'm playing the whole thing in my head you know um marty feldman as igor mm. had <clears throat> I read, you know, it, there's a gag, there's a sight gag that happens in the movie where his hump moves from side to side, <laughs> and they actually called it out. Well, that wasn't scripted. He sure, had, Randy. yeah, he had been as a as a gag for himself. He had been moving it during takes, <laughs> and, and they they decided to keep that in there. And just, I mean, you know, things like that. Just it's, um, yeah. The, uh, so you have Frankenstein played by Peter Boyle. Um, you have uh, the the fiance who is just annoying. Who is the fiance of Doctor Frankenstein, uh, played by Madeline Kahn? You have the the assistant, the lab assistant, who is um, kind of ditzy and but very funny. Uh, Terry Gar. I mean, just the whole. The, the... <laughs> this movie this is one that you don't have to watch during halloween now there are some innuendos in there i mean it's you know it's but i think if you're watching it with a younger crowd it's going to go over their heads they're not going to get it you know it's it's in there to make the adults laugh um it's not it's not scary but it has um i mean more you know first and foremost it's a comedy and so it's just but it's you know you're taking your your frankenstein story and then expanding on that some and you still have the you know the villagers who hate the who hate the monster and the you know the the mob mentality that's that's built up into a fervor and so have you have you you have seen it i take it yeah uh parts of it i think i don't know that i've ever watched it fully forward i think it's you have to be in the mood sort of film sure. uh i love space balls so <laughs> like that that's quotable absolutely but it has such a cult following there's like a this people that are definitely obsessed with um this version of the frankenstein story uh, i think if you watch it you won't you, like watching it with a bunch of friends i think might be the best thing to do because you'll laugh your heads off and then you'll be quoting it to each other uh or there'll be somebody that's seen it a number of times that will start quoting it ahead of time and they'll be cracking up it's like what i do with any monty python films you know if, if you're watching with someone who hasn't seen monty python you can't help but start doing like coconuts or or um you know yeah <laughs> he's a very naughty boy he's not the messiah uh there's there's so many it's that sort of humor yes. uh yeah i definitely want to watch it fully once so that i can say i've seen it fully Especially as it's on your number one, which is uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It really, um, it was either that, I mean, my Young Frankenstein and Nightmare Before Christmas were going back and forth there. But for me, it was, you know, it's one of these that, it, yeah, I don't know. But I'm going <laughs> to stick with it. <laughs> okay. But when I come over to the UK, we'll sit down and watch this. I'll, I'll watch this one with for you. Sure. And, okay. <laughs> okay, so my number one. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I really struggled with not putting in Poltergeist or Ghostbusters mm. or oh, yeah. um, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, they're all kind of old choices like that. Poltergeist, Ghostbusters or Gremlins. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking <laughs> yeah. of. Good uh, I guess Gremlins you could you could put in the Christmas top five because uh, it's, it's Christmas, but it's also horror, uh, but it's also funny. Uh, and has so much nostalgia. Poltergeist is pushing the boundaries of PG thirteen. I think uh, you really kind of have to have watched it first with your with your family, with your partner to check your disposition of your kids whether they can handle some of that supernatural stuff. Because again, it's tense. It's not really gory, but it's the heightened tense. Yeah. Um, anything from along that those late eighties, early nineties, they really did. They weren't sure of the rating, so it was always like, oh, how much can we get? So what we call a family movie is interesting. And this one, I feel, might be the same. It is one... It's not so old. It came out in 2013. And it's an actor that has now now died. It's directed by the director of The Mummy, Stephen Summers. Uh, and it has, it's based on a book series by Dean Coots. Any guesses? Oh, um, is it vampire? No, but oh. yeah, but nice guess. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay, so Anton Yelchin. Do you do you know Anton oh, Yelchin? Oh, I like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was. I mean, there's some actors that when they passed away, uh, I guess they affect some people more than others. Anton for me was one that really affected me, just because uh, from Star Trek to uh, just th- those films, I just felt like there's some actors that you relate to the characters they're portraying he and he was one of them like every Mm -hmm. single character i was like yeah man i that's i get it i love the roles they choose that's always mine and so for me i just come off watching sorry reading all of these books that i think there are 14 maybe 15 they're the odd thomas uh series and so stephen summers did a his version of the first book called odd thomas and anton yelton played the main character um yeah ashley summers as the kind of they they're in love with each other but this so captivated me and this is again pg-13 uh and the story itself is a mixture between that supernatural love story and anti-hero so you have a town he's there's this character that he can only see dead people okay he uh, he Mm. sees ghosts um they he he, what's the thing they can't touch him Uh, And you can't hear them. That's the big kind of twist in the story. You can't hear dead people for whatever reason. This Mm. is part of the law. You you just, they're they're silent. So they try and communicate through him like, like, (laughs) you know, you're going to do charades with a a ghost. Like, like, what is is it you're trying to tell me? And he often gets stuck in these really, really dark stories where he's got to figure out what a serial killer uh, is going to do. And in this story, there is one of those apocalyptic things that's going to happen and he is the the guy that can help us but he doesn't necessarily want to be that guy he will help a ghost and he he is so good that he keeps trying to help them cross over or they've got unfinished business so if they were killed in a bad way he will go and figure out uh he's also drawn to them he has like this magnetic ability that can be drawn to a ghost or what happened to them so he's got a a sort of like superhero thing he there are also these weird demons that if you look at them if you acknowledge that they're around uh they will just end you 
Um, so as long as you ignore them, that they don't know that you can see them, you have some sort of ability. It's basically when there's when there's about to occur a big amount of death, these creepy crawly demons appear. And so mm. it's used as a MacGuffin to show you that crap is about to hit the fan. Um, and so when you see a few, you're like, oh, no. But when you see 3,000, you're like, <sighs> Bad okay, things are coming. something something's happening. It's just such an adventure. But it also isn't massively gory. There's gore in bits. The monsters mm. are so unique and interesting. The love story is really believable. It's also sad. Apart mm. from the fact that you now know that Anton's dead and you're watching sure. <laughs> But the story itself is sad and tragic, but full of adventure. Perfect anti-hero. I think young teenagers with like, if you're the family that has these young teenagers, they're going to eat this up. And mm. afterwards, this might be their gateway into reading again. You know how hard it is to get teenagers to read. Yeah. But if the character... The way the character is portrayed is exactly like the characters in the book. So very, very well kind of transposed to page. So if you wanted to get your teenagers into reading quite a dark series, but get them into reading, um, which is a, a miracle in itself sometimes, this is probably like a nice, like if you like that character, there's another 14 books you can go and read. Um, and I've read them all and I've read them, I think, almost the second time through. Love it. Wow. Nice. Well, I have this on on one of my watch lists because um, I can see the cover that it yeah. has. I mean, it has Anton Yelchin in it um, mm. on the cover. I've never really known what it was about, though. And so this um, <clears throat> this has me intrigued. The reason it was on my list is because it was Anton Yelchin. Yeah. And that was I mean, that was I was like, oh, oh, I like him. I'm going to add this and go back to it. OK, I'm going to have to check this out. So this is I, I really love it. It's, it's, it's a film I can put on any time just enjoy it for what it is you know that sort of adventure it was pooed I, th I think it was not received well or they expected it to be something that it wasn't it's not another huge budget mummy film Stephen Summers is directing oh, okay. it's more indie vibe uh, okay. with some CG uh, and so okay. that's kind of what it got uh, but I think it's gathered a cult following since then well, and, and faithful, at least with the character, right? Faithful to the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Dean Coots, he loves the film. And we always wanted oh. more, but obviously, what do you do now? Yeah, you have to kind of... You'd have to reboot factor. almost, yeah, yeah, and start over again. Mm. Yeah. That's outstanding. Okay. Yeah. Right on. My poor on list. I have so many others that I didn't... Man, The Black Cauldron, Tremors, The Sixth Sense, Troll Hunters, The Witches. They're... There's loads. <laughs> there's yeah. I, I think yeah, and that's a good thing. I mean that there's there's plenty to choose from, you know, when it comes to some of the ones that you can watch with family. And obviously mm. depend you know, it's a sliding scale depending on how yeah, young sure. or old your kids are. Um or I mean if you, your your kids are yeah. like adults, you could watch Sweeney Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love and hate that movie all at the same time. That is a pies, oh. man, pies. No, <laughs> eat some human pies. <laughs> no, just 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 wrong. That is, that is not a family movie at all. Oh. <laughs> Even though it's about family, yeah, it is enough. about family. Yeah. Yes, but no, that's mm -mm, wrong, wrong. All right, well, we have reached the end of this segment. Um, first off, thank you. For, for tuning in, we would love to hear your ideas and your, you know, what's on your top list um, in the comments. You're probably, I mean, there's a lot of them to choose from. Uh, look forward to even some suggestions, things that I haven't seen, things that Ruben hasn't seen, you know, that yeah. we can really 
check these out and add them and maybe they'll make you know maybe they'll bubble up to top of our list who knows mm. um as a tease for next week um i'm looking forward to this because it's bound to be just terribly <laughs> awesome and horrendous um but is our top five animal themed horrors so that well you take that for what it is and we'll um you know we'll we'll tackle that <laughs> they're bound to be oscar winning films Oh yeah. Well, and I think I think some of ours are definitely going to overlap, um, just because I they're... found a new one recently on Amazon that I'm very excited. To talk oh, about. I can't wait! I can't wait! Oh, outstanding! Well, so you'll you'll definitely want to tune in for that. If you're looking for, um, you want to hear the bonus audio where this week we're talking about, you know, just the best things that we watched this week. Um, you head over to the podcast on Spotify. Or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, because I think it's on it's on several different platforms now. Uh, but we thank you so much for watching, for tuning in. Ruben with the Ruby Tuesday. Give him some likes, share, subscribe if you have not. Um, oh, that was a good one. I'm going to use that as a thumbnail, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Uh, I'm Chris with Movies and Munchies. Um, thanks again, uh, and we will see you next week. Take care. Toodles. Hey, welcome to the extended edition, the bonus episodes of the best thing we watched this week. Uh, we thank you so much for tuning in um, to to this podcast. And this week, um, we have been, well, now the whole month of October, we are talking in our video portion at the beginning, as you just heard, all of the, the best things from or our top five horror type movies or shows. Now, though, we get into the best things, and I have a few on my list. Um, it has been a slower week mm. for us, um, but Ruben, why don't you kick us off? What's one of the best things that you got to watch this week? Okay, so this was, this was interesting. I was kicking through, uh, st trying to sleep last night. I, I was finding it difficult. So I was uh, on my Amazon Prime, and... Um, I, as you know, you can have on Amazon Prime, you can have a number of other channels on there. And I went yes. up to Shudder and oh, I saw yeah, this. I have that. Oh, nice. Okay. So I saw this original film on there and I thought, okay, this looks really interesting. And so I started watching and then I ended up watching the whole film. Um, it's called The Super Deep. Have you ever seen this? The Super Deep? No. I've okay, never so heard of it. A small research team went down below the surface to find out what secret the world's deepest borehole was hiding. What they have found turned out to be the greatest threat in history, and the future of humanity is in their hands. Okay, so the version on Shudder, uh, because it's an English version, it's a Russian film that's been okay. dubbed, and it, it, it never quite fits in the dubbing. So that's something that you're going to have to just allow yourself to get into the film with because you can see that you need to watch the original and read the subtitles but they don't have the option which really annoyed me because the film premise itself uh that description doesn't do it justice at all <laughs> you're in the antarctic somewhere okay you have a, a a shaft that they've built to the to a massive massive lift size that goes down 12 miles Oh my Six gosh. miles deep, there is what they call the resort where all these scientists come and live. And then another six uh, down is where they're doing basically research on stuff that they shouldn't be researching, but it's a safe <laughs> place, right? And so what happens is they discover something that uh, maybe they, they shouldn't be playing with. 
And mm-hmm. uh, so what it ends up being is a really close quarters horror sequence that reminds me a lot of um, the Resident Evil games. If you've ever played any of the Resident Evil games, there are these moments where you're running down a corridor, a big, a big blobby monster that you can't really defeat with guns will be following you around all these doors. You jump through a door, you run around, try and grab a key card to get to the lift to escape. That's what this movie is. Mm. But it's excellent. Uh, excellent in the story is excellent. The dubbing will will freak you out because it makes the acting almost bad. But you know that's not the case. Because the story, I was I was sold. I was locked in. It, it's excellent. Mm. Uh, and I think it's for this reason because I think a lot of people have reviewed it. Well, I say a lot. 12 people in Rotten Tomatoes have reviewed it. Um <laughs> from that version i really want to find the original with the subtitles because i really think because of the atmosphere the the practical monster magic that they create when you finally see it they play this game where less is more so you mostly don't see it it's all about the anticipation um and there is a character that ends up being i guess the sigourney weaver character the the aliens the ripley uh hero um, it also finishes in a way that I was really satisfied with. And a lot of these films, they go in a way where it's going to be the classic either Hollywood ending or the unbelievable ending. This one just felt, yeah, okay, that's right. And I often find it when it comes to horrors that aren't English or aren't American, that mm. they are more willing to go that route. Um, the world cinema horrors sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a unique find. and I already wanted to do a review for it, but I saved it for this because i was like yeah we've got to got to get it out there let more people see it no one has reviewed it in audience on the rotten tomatoes site as of this of me talking about it now and only 12 people and it only came out in 2020 late 2020 so it's fairly new i'm intrigued and i i enjoy uh like you the world the world cinema the Mm. where we get because i think they take more risks a lot of the time with their storytelling um, and sometimes it, it's it's more visceral, and yeah. it's more um, just you know they they don't play everything safe, and so this um, I am hesitant to kind of give it a watch because of the dubbing. Yeah, that um, like you know I, I think you're the same, but I don't watch um, anything with dub. I mean, yeah, I watch you, it you all with watch the original for sure, <clears throat> anime as well. I, always the original language yeah Yeah, there's i mean first off it's captured so much better in in the way that you know i mean you have the original actors they were chosen for a reason you know to do this and to play these parts and so they just they sell but then also from just a technical aspect i cannot reconcile my brain to the 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 out of sync with the mouth okay to be fair they've they've done a really good job with oh. the sinking and it, it okay. does make me wonder whether they got the actors who speak russian to voice their because it they're dubbed in accent if that oh. makes sense it's not an american doing oh. uh, for the most part it sounds mostly authentic oh uh, well okay so that's better it's that, better yeah so that, it's not yeah, that, as bad as bad yeah. dubbing where the dub yeah. box and then you hear it well you see it three seconds later yeah, or you just you just have the purely American accent. I don't get that. For, Why do that? That's not, like, f- 
for someone that's Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes no sense, and it's it's insulting. Yeah, really, it is. I mean, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Ugh. So okay. So what was it called again? The Super the, Deep. The Super Deep, and that's on Shutter. Yeah. So ooh, okay. I'm I'm gonna look forward to this one. This one, um, <laughs> I. <clears throat> I love close quarters. I love when mm. um, things get claustrophobic. Yeah, you um, can create some really nice atmosphere with that. Yeah, that is oof, oof. Okay, <laughs> right on. Um, well, following on the horror uh, genre, mine okay. it's also on Shutter, oh. and um, this actually came from a recommendation by Austin Burke. Oh, and really? yeah, it's VHS ninety four. Oh, I saw. Now, is, is that's on Shutter? Okay, it is. Yeah, and it is a. Um, now I have not seen any of the other VHS movies, so this no, is my first I. foray in this. Yeah. Um, it's found footage horror, which I there was a there was a period of time where found footage was just I mean it was inundating us, you know, with movies um, that were all about found footage, um, and they work to varying degrees. Mm. Some are outstanding, some are just absolutely terrible. It's more of just like as a trope, just like well, hey, it's popular, we're going to do this, and no, you shouldn't have. Um, this one is a horror anthology. So you have oh, a okay. central story, and it's all it's all captured on video. And so you have some of the you know the tracking issues. You have some um, static that plays through. Sometimes it will clear up. Sometimes it will become very clear, like you are watching the original, um, the first time this was ever recorded or played back on a videotape. So it's all nice and crystal clear. You okay. know, um, and but what you have is you have a central a central story with these um, these the SWAT team going in to some broadcast is happening that's making people do terrible things to themselves, and so they're there to try and shut this down, kind of, and also with like I guess the the impetus that there's drugs someplace in the um, in the building, but what happens is so you have that central one, and then surrounding it are these these smaller stories that um they some are better than the others they're all pretty good um but they use so much practical effects in this thing i mean that's so always you, the best i prefer practical oh it is and and you know what it works even like there's this one that takes place um i can't remember what it is it's the first story really that you go into and it's a um <clears throat> It's about like a sewer, like where these these people go into a sewer to, you know, for a, a news story. And um, <clears throat> some of the effects are just a little bit cheesy. But because this is in 1994 and yeah. because you're watching it on a videotape, it's all forgiven. Like it works like that whole, you know, just all of the aesthetics work together uh, to really build this out. Now it, I don't know, I don't think I was ever really creeped out, but there were more than a couple of times where I was like, oh, that's not right. That, <laughs> you know, and then there was another one. There's a story with this, uh, this woman, um, at a wake. She's a, she's at a mortuary. She yeah. is the employee of the mortuary and she's there for this, uh, this overnight wake. And so she's alone and they, the people wanted, it videotapes so that's the impetus of why you have video cameras within there and i laughed out loud several times um because of the it was gory 
<laughs> doesn't it seem like a film gross. you should be laughing at. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it doesn't. But it it was kind of like that. Um, I mean, it was meant. Was it meant to be funny? I think in part <laughs> it was meant to be funny. It wasn't like it wasn't a nervous laughter. It right. was more of like you know something happened. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding <laughs> you know and so it just had these moments where they were it was actually like that um that outburst of laughter where yeah. it just kind of it, it was like you know i laughed in that in that second and then i i reined it back in because it wasn't really <laughs> funny funny it was just it caught me off guard and you just me... weren't expecting it so your reaction yeah. was yeah exactly yeah okay it's um now I can't, you know, I because this is the only one I've ever seen. I can't compare it with the other ones, mm. um, but I had a lot of fun with this one. I think this was actually it's a um, from a found footage standpoint, it's it's really enjoyable and it's well done. Um, yeah. I would put this probably in the in the much higher echelon for the found footage ones than you know someplace else. Um, the the effects are really what sell this and what make this. And so when you have you know, each of the anthology stories, they're weird and um, varying levels of disturbingness. And so, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's on Shutter, and I have fun. Okay. Well, this one seems to be, um, uh, funnily enough, on the opposite scale for Rotten Tomatoes, where uh, the critics loved it at 95%, and the audience is giving it the 66 Re So, yeah. Really? Is, yeah. Really interesting, and I've been looking at um, like on IMDb, it's like Midway on Prime, it's also Midway, yeah. So huh. that's very interesting. I do find it st statistics with people where it's like the aggregate score and it takes the majority and then it gives because mm -hmm. you kind of get a feel for what people are feeling. But I always find it funny when critics are in the top scale and the, and the audience are go a bit lower because you. We're normally the opposite, I think. But that is creeping up to positive as well, I think. 66% is still positive, but the critics really like the creative side of this, I'm guessing. Yeah, that must be. Yeah, because that, that is surprising to me, that it would be as high um, mm. from from a critic standpoint, um, just because, you know, sometimes there's, there's that pretentiousness of it. Especially and, with um, horror. It's not normally given high marks. Yeah, yeah. This one, I mean, in, from an entertainment standpoint, it was fun. I mean, it really was. And I think that's helped along because it's the anthology. You know yeah. what I mean? So that you know your are I mean, it's like the old creep show or, um, I don't know, you know, even Twilight Zone, you know, something like that where you have, you have these, you know, several just different stories there. And yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it works. I, I think if you're looking for something that uh, new to check out, then this is one to really, you know, to at least give a chance and then, you know, yeah. Is it has it piqued your interest into wanting to watch um, the others now? A little bit, yeah. Um, I do. I do shy away now from gravitating towards the found footage stuff, just yeah. because I had gotten burnt out of it a little bit, and I, you know, just because everybody was doing it, mm. um, and and then again because it was to varying degrees of of goodness. You know, yeah. some of them just. When you watch them, and you're like, Ugh, it's just a gimmick, and I don't, ugh. you know. And then you have other ones that there's one that I love that I'm not sure how many other people like, but it's um, Troll Hunter. I don't know right. if you've ever seen yeah, that. Yeah, I love it, Troll Hunter. It's fantastic. My gosh, it just, it's just so a, much fun. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, people 
what what and like <laughs> no it's this is a great found footage anyway um <laughs> yeah i think i'll probably check out maybe one or two of them i'm not sure but i think good grief this has been going on if i'm right this is like um the first one came out like maybe 10 years ago or yeah or it's, older. it's it's quite a <clears throat> long in the tooth well obviously not it's got some longevity there but it, it's had quite a few sequels now hasn't it yeah so yeah, so I'll probably check out at some point. It's not high on my list to be like, ooh, yes, drop everything to do this. Uh, but, you know, if I'm looking for something fun or different, then yeah, I'll give it a watch. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, so uh, what's next on my list for what I found interesting to watch this week? So I've got the second season of this. I mentioned it last week, and... Going back, I realized I hadn't actually watched the series. I had seen the trailer and I think I was away working on a film at the time or a short film at the time. And so uh, this is called Another Life. It's got, say, uh, what's her name? Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, now, I absolutely loved her as Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, one of my favorite ever sci-fi series ever. Like, I've seen it three times from start to finish. That mm. is, like, my jam, man. Um, and so this one, doing some research, <laughs> it has 6% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Six. <laughs> Which is bonkers to me. Like, it and can be so low. And yet it's 60% with audiences. Mm. Uh, which is, again... Okay, so first off, I'm just going to say I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Cool. Um, I don't I don't know what everybody was moaning about and yet I do <laughs> it's for everything it does right it does something wrong uh, so you have the intense alien homage and um, the unbelievability of it all smashed into one like it smushes those two great a- alien homage and now you're doing some sci-fi stuff that just doesn't quite make sense and then there are episodes like um, they have a dream sequence episode which absolutely does not further the plot. They also have a high episode where the characters are high, which absolutely does not further the plot. And mm-hmm. yet you need them to have character backstories for characters that you want to feel for, because at this point in the storyline, you don't quite have any feelings for them. And yet later on in the, the series, you lose some of those characters that you've just given feelings for. So oh. you're like, why why did you do that? At the same time, it draws inspiration from films like Arrival and Close Encounters. And at when it does moments like that, it's getting it absolutely right. And the story itself, with Starbuck kind of leading uh, the way, is really rivetate, riveting. It's uh, very interesting. But at the same time, the motivations of the characters from one episode to the next can be absolute polar opposites. Like the writer has, has like, you got a new writer for the next episode, and they didn't read or watch what happened to the previous <laughs> And so on one hand, I'm like, I'm loving the sci-fi. It looks great. Uh, it's really intense. It has great action. It reminds me so much of Aliens in Space, like an Aliens mm. uh, series that I always wanted. There, I, I didn't expect it. Like, I thought it was going one way, and then we have, like, weird alien moments. Uh, we visit other planets. Uh, there's weird sci-fi, antimatter, you know, all the sci-fi things that tick your sci-fi needs. Um, has has lots of Battlestar Galactica moments, which makes sense because you have Starbuck in there. <laughs> so, like I said, it's really an amalgamation because for everything it does right, it does wrong. And so I'm not surprised that the critics absolutely slated it. But I think the thing is, when it comes to sci-fi, 
for the most part, it's really easy to rip things apart because sci-fi is one of those things that the science often often doesn't work. There's a disbelievably just a believability that you have to put to the side because it is science fiction. You know, even Star Trek, there are a lot of Star Trek stuff we base on theories that we think that we could possibly do one day. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing this stuff with my fingers, but you can't see it because this is the podcast version. Brilliant. I can see it though. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's very effective. <laughs> Uh, and that does this as well there's a lot of sci-fi where you go yeah what but at the same time that's cool Uh, Mm. so you really are tipsy-turvy topsy-turvy with this it's the last series I ever thought we were going to get a a season 2 for like there was no part of me that believed season 2 was going to be picked up I remember hearing about this but now having watched it I'm like this is so cool hopefully they're going to finish the story and so Mm. Only now am I starting to work my way through because I had to watch those previous 10. Put it on the projector. The score is fantastic. It works so well in the zone. What did you think? Did you watch the first I, season? I have not seen it, no. And, you know, funny enough, and this is um, this is one of those kind of a little backdoor into, you know, a lot of the time we have to request things from Netflix to review. Right. Um, this one, though, came unsolicited to me. What, season and two or the first one? Season two. Right. It was like, hey, we have given you this now, access to this, to review it. And right. then um, I was like, huh, well, okay, I haven't seen the first season, and I didn't ask for this. I'm not even sure, you know, will, <laughs> will I have time to review this? Well, and then a couple days later, I get a follow-up email. We just want to make sure that you have received this and that you're yeah, enjoying it. I got that, and too. I'm, I think they worried. I, well, I, well, now hearing... What, what <laughs> that it was at six percent for the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. That that kind of makes sense now, mm. you know, for them to be like, oh, we're trying to get some positive traction with this. Yeah. And um, it goes. This goes back to some of the previous conversations that we've had about, like, you know, what is what is renewed and what is canceled. And I guess probably because the audience has been generally positive for this is why they've continued on now um are you into season two yet or have you just yes i've watched the first episode um, and i'm in i'm into it i'm like i'm logged in i want to see what happens yeah how how long are the episodes about 45 minutes a piece and there's 10 episodes okay so it is a time investment there to but put it this way we started four days ago the beginning of season one and i've had a fairly lot to watch and Mm -hmm three episodes later we're like oh well it's bedtime now we've got to go to bed let's stick one more on so even though it was bad we were still really enjoying it enjoying it okay we'll see and that that's a good thing like i love those types of series that Mm. that you're not sure what to expect you know and then Mm. it grabs hold of you and i love i love sci-fi i think you know what you can have this is where you can have fun with it and you can do a whole bunch of different things as long as i can really um, I want to be able to connect with the characters or connect with something on there to to invest me, to keep me wanting to go. You know, even if it's just the story, maybe I hate everybody and I mm. hope that they're all going to burn up in, in the yeah. sun in the next episode. But <laughs> You might. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, at least, you know, if the story's good. So I, I, I don't know. When does it come out? When does the second? Like, it's soon. It's like the 15th, it, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to. 
have to see. Because it's coming 20 up. episodes then to watch. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? Okay, so I did, in one month, I binged seven episodes. No, not seven episodes. Seven seasons of the Amazon original uh, series, Bosch. Damn. Which, that was, there were 10 episodes wow. in the first six seasons. Yeah, that's a seasons. Yeah, so I, and then eight in the last one. So I binged 68 episodes in one month. Um, you know, all an hour long, it, still while doing other things. I mean, that was, you know, I had to catch up because I'd never seen the show. So I had to watch out <laughs> seasons one through six to be able to review season seven. Anyway, so it's not undoable. I mean, I'll, I'll just have to see because this week is, is watch a busy Watch the first week. three episodes and then okay. see if you're loving it. Then I would say if, you, if you're if you enjoying it, don't make it a chore. Like, oh, I've got to get through this. Sure. In, in, enjoy the sci-fi <laughs> so, if you are. So, yeah. Well, okay. So the first three episodes, like it's, that's about how long it's going to take to really just kind of get you invested, right? Um, well, like by the episode three, I decided I was watching the rest because okay. I wanted to know what was going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, I mm. think, you know, I mean, I don't like to just watch one episode and, and judge. Like, you can't, who, you can't. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're, just, especially with a new series. I mean, sometimes yeah. they're just finding their footing, you it, know. And, yeah. What if the, the world good, they're building is massive? Like, takes yeah, time. Yeah. You know, and the good thing, because it is Netflix and they dump all of them typically at once, all of the episodes, that's when it allows me to, okay, you can take a little bit longer to to get me invested in the story. Not a long time, but you can take a little bit longer because I can sit down and watch them all. I don't have to wait till next week to see in episode two, am I going to be invested in it yet? Or am I yeah. going to have to wait? To, you know what I mean? That, mm, so, yeah. okay, cool. Well, I'll... I'll I'll give it a watch, uh, and then, <laughs> dang it, if I get sucked into this, that's just going to be, uh, oh. You can text me at 3 in the morning going, I'm still watching. <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so next on my list is, uh, this one really, really surprised me. It's A Tale Dark and Grim on <laughs> Netflix. And uh, it's an animated series. Um, clearly directed at at a younger-ish audience and yeah. yet not directed at a younger audience because yeah. of the darkness to the story and the content. And, you know, it's it follows uh, Hansel and Gretel um, as they traverse through different grim fairy tales um, on their way to, you know, they have a journey that they're going through uh, to really discover what family is and... Um, how to how to feel loved i think or to be loved to be accepted um and because their their parents do something at the very beginning which is uh traumatic <laughs> it's in <laughs> and, the trailer by the way <laughs> okay well so so the, the the they cut off the the king and queen cut off hansel and gretel's head and then sew them back on what <laughs> that's your and starting point episode one yes yeah. um I loved the darkness of it. I loved the sarcastic humor. I mean, the crows are as our narrators. Mm. Absolutely, I think they make it. To be honest, yeah. they really do because that it. Um, you know, the whole you have one that's a psychopath, one crow that just loves blood and guts and can't wait, and so um, then you have the other one who is absolutely terrified for what the audience is watching, and yeah. that that combination between just those two is absolutely hilarious because they're at polar opposites, you know, just working against each other to protect us and yet no show at all. Um, and then you have our narrator who is proper 
and he's he's there to tell the story and it doesn't matter we have to this is what happens we have to tell it but then you find out that there's actually more to why they're telling the story um but i i mean the animation is wonderful um i loved i really loved how they would go from 3d to then 2d to show the the darker scenes you know to get away with some of the violence that so that they didn't show i mean it became much less violent when they went to a 2d or a flat um platform that that was their way of circumnavigating it wasn't it yeah Yeah. i I thought it was a creative a creative way to do it um i now i binged it all at once and for me it got a little tiresome Mm. about halfway through um not that i wasn't enjoying it it was just it becomes a little bit repetitive you know what i mean that it's it I actually uh, the, think they could have shaved off a couple of episodes, to be honest. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it, it shortened it up the whole thing. I mean, it's only they're only thirty minute episodes, but there's eight, ten. There's ten episodes yeah. in that, so it's. A, I mean, it's a, it's a chunk of time. But it, it began to just when you see the same type of gimmick from the crows as the narrators, or you know, even some of the story arcs, um, and a couple of the stories, especially in the latter half. I felt that they were more stretching time than anything. Mm. I didn't think that there was as much yeah. content in those. Um, that they, I would have, I think I would have liked it even more had I taken a break to give mm. myself a you know a day or two to just mentally clear my head a little bit, then go back to it, and then it feels fresh versus more repetitive. Uh, I don't think that that would have taken care of the the feeling that like they're stretching time, you know, and, and content making, making a story that maybe was only 15 minutes into 30 minutes. But yeah, from, I don't know. I, I, I it ended up having being much better than I anticipated. This was, this again was something that I did not request. It just showed up and they were like, Hey, would you like to review this? Sure. Okay. I'll give it a chance, you know? And it was that, that first episode right from the get go, where you know not only Hansel and Gretel getting their heads chopped off, but then they go and they meet the 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 witch in the forest from the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale, and that one, the darkness of that, and when we find <laughs> out how the witch acquired her taste for children, I was like, oh, you went there, and that is wrong. I am glued. Let's see if they can continue this on. Yeah, I mean, this was on my list as well, um, and. I think it, it had really won me over because I love Grimm. I love the Grimm tales. I love the Grimm TV series, the films. Mm. Um, I'm there for the original stories because they're so much darker, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. The originals, are, are, like what they're based on is just horrific. Um, and this one went there. And I also felt like there were stuff that there was only adults that were going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the younger generations are like the animation is cute and there's adventure and the kids are going to learn something along the way there's it, it, there's a sword in the stone sort of vibe um and there's some wizardry and witches and you know what are they going to learn but then there are jokes that you really feel like oh this is this is for me as an adult which is great i think what really works is seeing how they take the tried and tested old fairy tales and how you see hansel and gretel intertwined with some of those grim storylines because obviously the original Hans and Gretel story is just the witch mm-hmm. um, and even the original one of that is dark but as we get to see some of the other uh, 
grim stories and them interact with those characters uh you see where like oh that's an interesting way to go i wonder if they're gonna show oh, they are gonna show that <laughs> and even then when they're showing stuff that you don't expect them they do it in 2d but you get it so yeah. the visual imagination for the kids watching that i imagine they understand what it is representing as well and uh, so it's still quite dark uh um there is a bit where the boy has a certain transformation and what they have to do to him to get him out of that transformation. I was like, dang, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was unexpected. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, great. So, so much fun. Had they gotten to the climax ending where things wrapped them up uh, sooner, I think the, the, the pacing would have felt that much better. Uh, but still loved it. The three crows reminded me of the three hyenas in the in the Lion King. Oh um, yeah, is it Ed, Ed, and Eddie? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Definitely one to watch as a family. I think, um, mm -hmm. especially if you got younger, this this will flick their switch. If they're a little bit darker, your younger ones. Well, and I was recommending it to my 22-year-old son. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there I was go. like, dude, you got to check this out. This is great. I mean, <laughs> and I, yeah. He's like, okay, I'll watch. So, yeah, I, I do think there's appeal all the way around. So Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so because that was on my list, I'm just going to skip to a different one because okay. I will make that yours. Uh, which one to choose? I have too many. Uh Scissors 7, I think I briefly mentioned it. This is an, an, a bonkers anime, right? Yeah, that's the one. So I was excited about to watch it as my mm -hmm. what am I excited about to watch? And then I watched it and it lived up to my expectations, except it left us on a damn cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to wait for like a year to. Oh, years. no. Uh, and these episodes are short as well. They're like 15 minutes max. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so you're getting... It's amazing how much story they're able to tell in such short episodes. Uh, our character really goes through big transformation in this. Uh, there's a dark past that he has that is revealed, finally. We're getting some answers. You know, it's the third season in. There is this ninja sect that uh, he managed to creep, creep away from. But now that uh, he's back, they, they can't let him live. So they're sending all the assassins after him and it really feels like every single bad guy that he fights is so much more powerful than him and somehow he managed to make a few friends along the way so that he's not like just dead all mm. the time <laughs> uh, but it leaves you on a oh what's going to happen next great thanks for leaving us there uh, but at the same time you're laughing the whole way through because it's also bonkers so I think fans are absolutely going to love it it's Definitely been picked up for another season. Okay. It's not actually anime because I think it's, I mean, you may as well call it anime, but I think it's Korean and based okay. on a webtoon. Mm. Uh, so it's really unique in the humor. It's different. When people first start watching it, it's like, wow, this is very odd. Uh, <laughs> and then you love it and you can't help but fall in love with the, their characters. And I think that is all of mine this week. Okay. Well, I have, I have one more. Uh, this is one that I had been looking forward to. Um, Lamb yes. from A24. Very excited <laughs> to hear about this. I watched your review. I watched the trailer and I thought, oh my gosh, this is bonkers. It, it is. And it's, um, 
as expected, the the reaction from audiences has been mixed, like almost polar from what I've seen uh, just from from people commenting back to me and a few things online is just that you either kind of love it or hate it. And did you get a screener for this or did you have to go and watch it at the cinema? No, I paid um, and took uh, okay. my two boys and one of their friends. And so we, yeah, we all sat and watched it. Now it was only playing at an indie theater. It was not playing okay. at a at a big chain um, in my town. So uh, Was it full? I, it actually, uh, no, nah, it was, it, it was, it was healthy. Uh, okay. Not, it wasn't full, full. Um, it, <laughs> I'm probably going <laughs> to offend a lot of people here, but it was filled with, um, with a lot of wannabe pretentious A24 fanboys. <laughs> um, I don't think you're friending anybody. There is definitely a cult following of A24 that A24 can do no wrong sort that, of thing. That's yeah. what it was. It was, and it was, you know what I mean? I And I love A24 films. So don't, don't hear me like, oh my God, you know, no, no, no. I, I think they do some really wonderful choices, you know, in either the films that they acquire or that they decide to back. Uh, but there's also this, you know what I mean? Like it is, like you said, they can do no wrong. It says A24 yeah, I've seen a there. couple that I just thought were nonsense. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was just, you know, there were a lot of a lot of that because, and the reason I say this is because I could hear the conversations going on before the film started. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah, and you just hear the back and forth, and I'm like, okay, you didn't really I'm, say I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning like Polo next, and... <laughs> yeah, I li- well, uh, more so... Um, like these are probably early to mid twenties. Um, okay, so beanies, university, oh, yeah, beanies. yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of students. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, and film students probably, maybe or wannabe film students. Mm. You know, I it, and that's fine. I mean, you know, whatever. But don't I just you, you got to go in and be like at least, hey, you know what? This movie might not be good. You know what I mean? Not not <laughs> with the fact of. Well, it's going to be perfect because it yeah, has you can't the, go in predisposed to this is triple A star already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can hope, but that, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so it this is one though that the trailer I think kind of misleads a little bit in mm. how in how the story actually plays out. Now okay. it is it is dark. There is a. There is a small horror aspect to it, but is really it funny. No, uh, okay. people laughed in in right. the theater, but I think I'm. Is that because of the weirdness? I think it was because of the weirdness. Um, I think it was also maybe a little bit out of an immaturity, right? That you know, like they, you know, some of it could be a, out of a nervous t- type of thing of like, oh, I don't, I'm uncomfortable with this. I don't really know what to do. But but, <laughs> but some if you of, saw the Lambie, what happens, wouldn't you react that way as well? Would well, I like, would be, I mean, uh, horrified, yes. Like, like yeah, I'd be like, well, what the crap? I mean, and I think I would be more in line with how the, right, well, no, not even how the, how the actors did it. Anyway, I didn't yeah. find it funny. I guess okay. that's really what it is. Like some of the laughter that came was like guttural laughs. Like somebody had told a really funny joke. And oh, that's, really? That's so bizarre. Okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was weird because it, to me it didn't fit. Like I, I, I could see like you might going, whoa, what? Uh, yeah, but I that, sometimes have a reaction where I go, oh, oh, like, 
that yeah yeah and it wasn't a horrifying thing because when you see it which it also makes me wonder did these people not see this coming because i think i think Maybe there's a lot trailer? well even without that there's a lot of um there's a lot of inference that comes mm. that they okay. that they you know there is foreshadowing and there is that you understand what's going on with this family even though they don't necessarily tell you uh, off right. the bat i mean it the clues are i think are there for the most part of what why this family is reacts the way they do and the movie itself that's why it's it's really it is a it's a family drama that's surrounding grief and acceptance and wow. it so you have to watch this couple who they they've gone through something in their past you're yeah. pretty sure you know what it is they now have this miracle maybe that has come into their lives and they have they have choices that they could make right from the outset you know what i mean they could just end it because it's weird and it's maybe considered an abomination or they can look at it from a different view and say this is our chance to heal and there is a there is a twistedness to a little bit of that because of um i don't want to spoil anything um <laughs> just kind of some of the circumstances around it but they the the performances are outstanding because mm. they really sell it and there is not a lot of dialogue in this that's the thing that it is uh, i mean i think I, I think i said in my review it was pretty like first 15 minutes of no dialogue spoken like you just you just watch the characters go through their life they're farmers and so they're just going through their daily routines and their work you know and um the atmosphere that is created is oppressive at times and beautiful i mean the cinematography is just stunning uh, and you get a lot of that from the trailer you know the sense of that just that they they utilize the environments to really capture a feeling to make it kind of ghostly kind of you know oppressive at times and yet there are other points where it is bright and cheery and hopeful and so you have just a lot of you watch you watch a family go through a it, the story draws us into them and it really for me it grabbed hold of me and it made me so invested in the family and so when the story climax comes it it affects you that i'm like ooh, i didn't see that coming i'm don't like it uh not from not from a story standpoint it's just i you know what i mean like i'm i'm invested yeah. in the characters i don't like the outcome yeah. Uh, yeah. i can see the ending being uh disappointing for some or maddening for some there is okay. there is a a lack of explanation on some <laughs> of it right but it it for me it made sense it wasn't like like I didn't understand what was going on. You know what I mean? It's just like you have something that happens and there's not a background for what it is. And yet because it's here and we've seen everything that comes previous, it does make sense. Right. That like, I hope that made sense. Cause uh, I'm being vague. Yeah. That's <laughs> so in the a 24 letter that the director sent with like kind of the newsletter, uh, did you get a chance to read that? I, I read, um, 
was it was talking about the family the family nature yeah, of, so the, the, of the the film family nature right? of the film, which mm-hmm. I thought was incredible, and that little story with Numi repeats on the set of Prometheus, where he finds her boot and then gives it back to well, a piece of her boot and gives it back to her, and she like, who are you? Didn't remember. <laughs> uh, but I love the fact that it's such a family film. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from the art director to his brother who who is the cameraman uh to the the niece who is the the chef assistant uh like totally family it's it, the story came out of his imagination from a diary that his mom gave him and he wrote in uh when he was 18 this is a, a directorial debut he's done two shorts before that mm-hmm. but worked on big features and so you feel for just from reading that and seeing your review you really feel like it's a um it's a labor of love uh it's like i poured my heart and soul into this project yeah yeah and you can feel that and so it is um it, it, i i'm excited for more a wider release so mm. that more people can at least experience it and yeah. and take it in and then you know i think you'll get a better we'll get a better rounded picture of how is this really resonating with audiences around the world i mm. think i'm well i'm i'm curious to see how non-american audiences react to this because because it is truly it is more of your your world cinema than it is your american cinema because there are moments where there's nothing happening audibly other than maybe some wind or just some some ambient sounds you know of somebody cooking something or something being set down or somebody working on a, a on a tractor and so you just hear the ratchets moving but no there's no score no soundtrack no no dialogue and in american films we tend to pack it with stuff you know yeah. you don't you don't have that that downtime that silence to let the film just be and so i'm curious at how how well it will do that for how <laughs> what am i trying to say you know how it'll be received by people that you know by by cultures and nationalities that see films or experience films differently <laughs> than the american <laughs> audiences do so yeah wow I- i'm looking forward to it. it's only coming out here in december so i'll have to wait that's quite the long wait there it is yes but i'm uh yeah um i'm looking forward to it right on Right on. Well, that's all. That's all that's on my my list of the best things. Um, yeah. I have a little bit of news. I don't know if you have any news uh, to well, discuss. I, I, there's one thing I wanted to talk about, but okay. why don't we do your news first? Okay. Well, I this is really going to be right up your alley, so I'm excited to hear your take on it. But okay, it was announced what Mike Flanagan's next project is going to be. And I know that he is your favorite working director right now. And so he is doing Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe and Mike Flanagan. Dark. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get much. I don't think I know the work, though. Uh, It's been, I think I've read it like a really long time ago. And so it's going to, it's one of those that I'm going to have to, uh, to revisit. Uh, I think i if I'm not mistaken, I think a film has been made at some point about that as well, but or right. at least inspired by. So I'm I'm curious again, you know, trying to temper expectations for it, but knowing <laughs> knowing his his ability to adapt written works into something that is 
atmospheric and creepy and spooky and troubling. So had you heard about this? Did you hear that he was? I, I, I saw a tweet. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's a limited series, uh, which I guess is good. You don't really want to force it to be something that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again Netflix, which I think is uh, he's obviously signed a a deal, a big deal with them. <laughs> Apparently, um, the fall of the House of Usher um, was published in eighteen thirty nine. Eighteen thirty nine. Wow, it's so yeah. I sometimes forget how old Edgar Allan Poe's work is, mm-hmm. um, but it's so visceral. visceral. Um, and there's so much there to work with, isn't there? So I presume that he will bring some of his his cast back. He's, t- he's tending to do that kind of <laughs> Tim Burton thing where mm-hmm. he's got a few that he likes to work with. Apparently, there's eight episodes are planned. So it's Ooh. very similar to what he's done with the House of Bly Manor, um, those kind of series. How many did we have for Midnight Mass? Was it eight again? Uh, was it? Or 10. Was it 10? It might have been 10. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting eight. It's a standalone story. And Flanagan apparently will direct four of the eight. So I'm guessing they're getting some of the, some other. This is an article from Deadline. They're usually quite accurate. So, yeah. That will be, that will be interesting. I think as long as he's adapting the story. Yeah, for sure. I think that will be the, the key part. And with him, hopefully... Maybe he'll also be involved as like the executive producer or have a have an active role in there, even if he's not directing every single episode, so that he can maintain some of that creative oversight. I think that's what works really well with him, as long as he's had his hand on the creative process from the beginning. Um, then it'll be good because you you see what he's capable of doing with Midnight Mass, you know, from mm-hmm. the beginning, from the writing to scripting to directing, uh, even though that's obviously a massive leap of love. And again, it splits audiences because some people just don't like it at all, Yeah, uh, which is fine. I think that's often when you can tell you've done something right. If everybody loves your work, I, I, I'm not so sure that's right. Your art needs to be leaning one way because it needs to have all of you in it. And if that's right then some people are not going to like you because we're mm-hmm. so vastly different as a species. <laughs> so <laughs> we should be doing, like, not everybody's going to like your work. So when you do that, but then you have a, a bunch of people like Spielberg, absolutely love some of his work, and then other people, you know, are like mm-hmm. Spielberg, meh, or Scorsese. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't rate some of Scorsese's work. Um, there's some stuff that I don't love of Scorsese, mm-hmm. but Mike Flanagan so far... Yeah, man, I, I'm loving all of his stuff. <laughs> uh, we we need to come up with a name like uh, uh, like uh, what you would call a follower, a fl- a, a flagnanite or something, <laughs> a Flanagan, <laughs> a phalange. <laughs> Wasn't that what Phoebe Buffet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the plane has no phalanges. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's good. Uh, okay, so. Uh, are you uh, a Game of Thrones fan? Yes, I am. What, what did you think of um, season eight? Uh, mm, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I... <sighs> I didn't dislike it as much as like everybody else was saying. I, I agree. 
I didn't think it was utter poo. Mm. Um, I felt it was kind of rushed. That's and I what don't, I felt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that they, that it lived up to everything that they had set previously. You know, right. that it, um, it just kind of fell off a little bit. They, they maybe forgot or negated some of the, some of the storylines that they had set up previously. Uh, I, I still enjoyed, enjoyed it as a whole, but Didn't I finish the way you wanted it to. Yeah, I, I think I, you know, realistically for me, the one that I didn't, or the the story arc that I didn't like the most, was Daenerys. Now, yeah, absolutely, I, because I, I mean, from one aspect, you know, her father, the Mad King, that makes sense. I mean, I can see her, you know, going going the way that she did, but everything that had led up to this point, while she is brutal, did not didn't jive with what she had said, you know, with the character that they had set up before. Cause she yeah, was I felt cam- like they, they were going brutal for the sake of going brutal because Game of Thrones is brutal, right? Yeah. But that's not the character that they had created for her with Jon Snow as well. He had somewhat tempered her. They'd become an item and they were always butting heads, but mm-hmm. good. Like she was pushing him to think about you know, maybe he's a bit soft and she he was pushing her to like, maybe you're going a bit away of your father. Remember, you don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I really felt like at the end that they were going to, well, hopefully they were going to like bring them together. She was finally, we were going to get that ending. We want to take down the Lannisters. Um, I was hoping there was going to be a great redemption story for the Lannister brother who was obviously being manipulated by um, the older brother. Because... Mm-hmm. He was having this relationship with, um, what's her face? Ugh. With the name Sword. Ooh. Oh, oh. Ugh. That's going to bug me forever now. Uh, is she, she's in, um, she's in the new Star Wars as well. Yes. Um. Uh, anyway, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> name she has is completely so good. left me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's not Peter Dinklage. Uh, Kit Harrington, Emily Clark, uh, Leanna Headley is obviously Cersei Lannister, mm-hmm. uh, Arya, I liked Jamie, his relationship, Jamie Lannister with Bryn, how do you say her name? Bryn, Bryn of Tarth? Yeah, Brienne. Brienne of Tarth, Brienne thank of you. Tarth, yeah. Brienne of Tarth, okay, so their relationship, I really thought was going to go they were going to have that a nice redemption story because they'd mm-hmm. been building it for a few seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just went straight back to, and that's like, I just don't believe that he had learned something. It like he did it in about face turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm still totally in love with her. I don't see all the wrong I'd be making. And I was like, I, d- I don't buy it. Like yeah. anyway. Okay. So the reason why I brought game of Thrones up is obviously we have a teaser for the new series. Um, and, it, it it's it's enough of a teaser to kind of give us an inkling. It's called House of the Dragon. It's set two hundred years before the events of Game of Thrones, and it's called uh, what's as a the story of the House of Targaryen. And it has Matt Smith, yes, <laughs> our uh, resident Doctor Who, um, as I guess a Targaryen. His long blonde hair would suggest mm-hmm. that. Yes. His name apparently is Damien Targaryen. We have some interesting characters here that if you're looking on IMDb, in- interesting that uh, Reese Ifans is playing Otto Hightower. 
uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to help you recognize who. Once you see him, I you're know, like, oh, I, I know who the I know who the actor is. Yes, uh, Notting but, Hill. Yes, um, yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably one of the best parts about Notting Hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Olivia Cookie as Alison Hightower as well. So there's a, some family stuff mm. going on there. I'm excited about it. I think it could be as good as the original because you've got the same crew apparently i know a guy a, a friend of mine that's working on it currently and they, they're neck deep into it uh, oh, wow. they're really they're really really going for it and the sets are apparently amazing um he's always teasing me with his messages on facebook like oh well that was a week on this uh, i was like great thank you thanks for that <laughs> did you did you watch the teaser i saw yes i did um it definitely has me in, in, intrigued by it. I loved where I think it's towards the end of the trailer or the teaser that you see the Iron Throne and it is just it it's not what we have seen before. I mean it's it's part of it, but it's so much more. And that's yeah, the fans went mental for that because uh, apparently that's what it's supposed to look like. That's the original throne. Uh, with all the swords coming out on the left and the right, it, it was meant to look like that because uh, it's all about the dragons in this one. It's that, that's basically how you get your throne. Yeah. So it was. I, I I'm looking forward to it. Mm. Uh, you know, I because it's this is not this isn't based on any of Martin's work, right? I mean, other than no. just characters inspired by, but this yeah. is a wholly original type of thing. So this might be. This might be good, especially if uh, the original writers who sh- showed us that they're not necessarily the best at <laughs> creating their own stuff. I, and I don't know who's involved in the writing of of this, but I just uh, that I think that's really what's going to be maybe the the biggest portion of this is how how well can they craft the characters? And yeah. then I'm curious, is it going to connect? You know, by the end of this series, however long it is, is it going to connect us to the beginning or are oh, they just going to, you know, yeah. are, are they going to stop it at some point so that they don't necessarily have to butt right up against where Game of Thrones begins? But they've set up that world so that it does make sense as a progression. It'll probably end with a couple of wizards sitting around a campfire going, we're just going to wait for winter to come now. And then Ed <laughs> Sheridan will start singing. <laughs> love it some, some kumbayas there you go uh, so when does this come out i don't i don't remember if i saw a um any dates um, for it yet fans say april next year Ooh, that's mm. actually pretty pretty yeah, it's soon not, it's not too long 10 episode run i'm guessing feature length episodes again like an, an hour and a bit probably i hope so yeah i would i would love honestly for the first episode to be two hours long, yeah, to really just get immerse us back us. into that world, yeah, yeah, to really or maybe release one and two back to back, exactly, yeah, to really just because yeah. I think you're gonna have you're gonna have a lot of people clamoring to see it, but you know, you grab us, let us let us be fully invested into that story, and so that we can't um, wait till the next week because my guess is they're gonna do a weekly release uh, like they have in almost all of their stuff yeah well i wouldn't be too excited because one of the creators for this series house of the dragon apart from 
rr martin which i'm guessing he gets an automatic creator license mm-hmm. for his work it, the guy has done rampage and hercules so hmm. yeah okay <laughs> well uh, well you know uh, rampage was fun for what it was that's uh, that's the rock movie right based yeah. on the video game based on the video game okay yeah, yeah. it was it was yeah it, okay. it was a movie it it was it was i'm, I'm <laughs> not sure the story film. was it had a runtime it, it it did i saw it in the theater um <laughs> hmm. okay well yeah sure we'll just okay there you have it yeah. yes we'll just yes. have to wait and see exactly i i it is on an anticipated list though <laughs> the, something that i'm looking forward to checking out so if it comes uh, out so, in april yeah it comes out in april cool so before we wrap up what are you looking forward to coming this week uh, let's see. So I've got, uh, there's a couple of films, Halloween Kills and The Last Duel. I'm looking nice. forward to both of those. Uh, Are you wildly... getting to see I'm those sorry? then? Are you getting uh, to see those then? I, I don't know. I may be seeing them at a screener. Um, I'm waiting for the confirmation for that. If not, I will be seeing them in the theater. Okay. Um, like you just go on to purchase tickets and go yeah. on, and, you know, experiencing that way. And then... I have not watched any trailers for it on purpose, but on Netflix is, I believe it's a Korean um, show. I don't even know if it's a thriller. You're going to say my name? I am going to say my name. Yes. (laughs) Say my name. Um, Yeah. So it's, uh, I'm, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what it's about, uh, but South Korea has produced some really good content that Netflix has snatched up in recent yeah. months and so yeah. that that alone has me intrigued to check it out yeah how nice. about you what's what's on your list yeah so i've got a lot of netflix content one of them is my name um and another life that comes out on thursday you mm. season three is um friday fever dream uh bright samurai soul comes out this week i've got th- that review out there already uh wasn't massively impressed I was disappointed with that, to be honest. Um, And there's a war film that I've not heard much talk about, but actually looks pretty good, called The Forgotten Battle. Yes, that's on Um, my yeah, yeah. And I, I, I've got an inkling that that actually might be really good. So fingers crossed. Um, So that's more than enough for one week. I know there's more out there, but yeah we we can't cover everything there's like other korean stuff the king's um affection and there's also like another oh. film the the four of us oh yeah 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 uh more korean stuff a reflection of you yeah so the list if you want it to grow it will <laughs> yeah it is really a busy week have you watched uh the fever dream yet I haven't. I've got the screen okay. up, but I, okay. I haven't. I watched it. I haven't. I haven't done my review yet. Um, okay. It'll be... Worth watching. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. I. Um, I enjoyed it a little bit more the longer I sat with it. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's not. It's not. Well, anyway, we'll talk about it later. We'll. <laughs> we will talk about it next week. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So busy cool. week coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next week, also, our animal-themed horrors for our, yep. our top five. I'm, I'm looking, I'm forward, looking to forward to this. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I think I've this still, is going to be hilarious. 
I'm, I'm bumping things back and forth on my list. Some of them I keep, like I'll put in there because they're really, really good. And then I'll be like, <laughs> I'm going to put this in the honorable mention. I'm going to go find something that's a little less obvious. Yeah, I or, haven't seen some of them that's on your list. I'm trying to work through some of them. But I have to admit, some of them I've started and gone, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched part of one this week that is... Um, it's going to make it in the honorable mention, but it is atrocious for, Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's all, kind I'm of trying wrong. to avoid the ones we've already spoken about. Exactly. Yes, I am. Yeah. Also, Otherwise, they might have made it in there. Yeah. 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 So like there's, Vanessa there is one though that, that we, that I think we have talked about that that's gotta be in there. So it's going to be yeah, right. But anyway, okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, hey, we, we've reached the end. Thank you so much for tuning in, um, especially with this uh, the extended edition here on the podcast. Uh, yeah. We look forward to chatting with you. You can hit us up on Twitter, Best We Watched. Um, we, we will respond to you there. Um, <laughs> and you can always check us out on YouTube, Ruben at the Ruby Tuesday, and me, Chris, with Movies and Munchies. And, well, hey, thanks for giving us your ears. And we'll talk at you, talk with you next week. Take care. Do you remember watching um, Universal Soldier with Dolph Lundgren? Yes. He had a necklace of ears. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He did. That was disturbing. That was yeah. wrong. <laughs> Sorry, that just jumped into my head right then. <laughs> Thanks for giving us your ears and oh. Dolph Lundgren's necklace. Oh. So we'll leave you with that thought. Yeah. <laughs>